Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Perhaps the simplest question is, why Ali Marvel? Let me try to answer that. Ali understands what we've been trying to do, what we need to do, what we want to do in the future. He is interested in both traditional baseball values as well as the modern tools that are available today. Well, for me, that was one of the money quotes from John Mosellock yesterday, and there was a lot to take out of uh, the show and uh, the press conference for Ali Marmol being introduced as the 51st Cardinals manager. Danny Mac show on a Tuesday. BK over there. I'm Danny Mac. Tanner here. Tanner's done a great job. He is lined up. The newest manager of the Cardinals, Ali Marmol. He'll be with us at around 1030. Um, I thought yesterday, BK, it was undoubtedly without question, and I mean this sincerely, it was You can take it to whatever degree you want. That was our best show we've ever had. I think that you're absolutely correct. We had the press conference at 10. It took us to about 10.50. All I said is you're listening to the Ali Marmol press conference, and I, I swear it, the ratings were awesome because we didn't say a word. It was perfect. I mean, really, what could our listeners ask for other than us not saying a word from 10 to 11 o'clock? That's what they've been waiting for all these years. Why can't we have another one like (laughs) that today? Anybody else want to, you know, get hired, fired, whatever? Just when you do it, do it at 10. We'll carry it live. There we go. We're in. (laughs) Uh, There is a lot to digest. I'm curious. You had your show for three hours after that with Alex, and um, I'm sure, and I know, I was listening to a bunch of it, was... Uh, focused on the press conference, which I thought Ali did a very fine job with it. I think he's going to be great with the media. I know Ali, he's going to be fine and carrying himself and being a spokesman for the organization in good times and in bad, and there's going to be both. There's going to be ups and downs. That's how it works. But um, I'm curious what the prevailing thought was from you guys and the listeners, and then I'll give my two cents as well. Yeah, I would say so. I can speak for myself first, and then I'll kind of give you what I, I saw mostly from our text line, from social media, some of the reaction there as well. For myself, I couldn't have been more impressed. It's a disclaimer. It's a press conference. There's only so much good or bad you can take from any individual press conference much less the opener where you've never seen him manage a game. So there's going to be stuff that once we get into the season, we disagree with. And that's baseball, as we've talked about all of the all this time, Dan. But I mean, everything you would have wanted to hear from him, all of the things that the Cardinals have been saying they would like to move towards. You can see why this was the guy that they chose. He is. He's thoughtful. He thinks things through and he will give you honest answers um, when he talked about how there should be synergy between the different departments. There you go. That is something that That's it's, what I took it's impossible not to hear that and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's something that I would imagine that the front office wanted. He talked about the analytical department. He talked about the performance department. He talked about there was one other that I'm uh, player development department mm-hmm. as well. And making sure all of those are aligned with their big league staff. Man, this is like having I was thinking about this last night. If you're in, I don't know, a beer company, right? And 
you have a logistics area and the ad revenue side of things. And you have all of these different arms of the company and none of them are aligned. And they're just all kind of doing their own thing. Well, yeah, you're not going to get the profits that you would otherwise get if everybody was on the same page. If your logistics is saying, hey, if we made the bottles this much thinner, we could make X amount more money per year. But then your marketing department's over here saying, ah, no, we want to do things the way that it's always been done before. This is this is our bottle. People know us by this. Well, yeah, but they're not going to know any difference. There's going to be no tangible difference between the two. If you can make a lot more money by doing this. Well, you should go about it. So the reason why I bring that up is because there are things that the Cardinals could do that might be better for the baseball team. And I think Ali Marmol is going to be at least more more inclined to go in some of those directions. I would like to think, too, that if you were a fan and maybe that was the first time you've really heard Ali, like Jim Hayes of Valley Sports will get Ali on sometimes uh, during the pregame shows and whatnot. And you maybe have had a, 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 a small glimpse into seeing him. Um, I think if you were a fan, you, you walked away and you go, that's a likable guy. Yep. Like he carried himself well. I like him. Well, I can tell you that's how he is as a person. So I've known Ali now for a long time. And um, and when things are good, bad and different, I could always go to Ali and say, hey, am I seeing this right? Am I doing that? You know, and, and hey, by the way, how's your family? How's it going? I mean, he's he's a very likable guy. And so one of the things that I took away when Mike Schilt was fired is that clearly there were some issues relationships-wise, too. Not just are we on the same page, but maybe we're not on the same page and and I'm gonna we're butting some heads here. I, I don't think Ali's going to be that way. That doesn't mean he's a puppet. That doesn't mean that he's a yes man. That means he's going to take in people's ideas with his own and come up with his own decision. I do believe that. Now, I also believe that front offices are more in... in the inner workings of what happens with those in uniform now more than ever. That's just the way it is now in baseball, whether you like it or not. And they are going to give you suggestions and they're because they're going to have the data behind it to say, this is why this decision makes some sense. I think you probably should look at this way. Now, you know, bet you know, these guys better than I do. You went and talked to that reliever before this game today. And he said, I'm, I'm sore. I can't pitch. Or uh, if you need an out or two or, well, three batter minimum. If you need me for three, I can give you three, but that's about it. Those guys make the final decisions because they they take in everything that's going on. Um, I think sometimes we make a little bit too much out of lineup construction. Agreed. Um, and I know people say, well, the front office is going to fill out the lineup and you're just going to turn it into the umpire. No, not not really. I mean, they're going to give you suggestions and they're going to say this, that, and the other. But again, it's going to be up to Ollie to make that decision in conjunction with his coaching staff. That's one of the things I want to ask him, too. The order of the lineup doesn't much matter, as Michael Gersh told us that, earlier that's this what I'm year. Saying. It's the people that are in the lineup on a day-to-day basis. So can you, he, he called it optimizing the lineup. Can you optimize the lineup better by going with platoon splits? Like For example, I'm going to be very interested. This is something worth watching throughout the early portion of next season. Does Harrison Bader and Tommy Edmond, do they see as many at-bats next year against right-handed pitching as they did last year? Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't. Now, part of that will be the front office's responsibility to make it more if you want to play like the Giants did this year you got to have the horses right you got to have the players so you got to have the right players to do that um 
And if he gets that, I do think you'd see that because that's where a lot of teams are going. And the Cardinals are very analytically based. And a follow-up question that would be, did they not go that route in the past because they didn't believe that the manager would go that route? I don't know if that's the that's case a, or not. That's a good question. But it is something worth considering when you think about the roster construction. What what did they try to gear their roster to the manager where you could plug and play specific guys every day? And I think, I don't know. Well, I, I think like this last year, and let's just be honest about it, BK. I think you were limited with Matt Carpenter on your roster. Now, it's a fine line when you have a guy that's been a Cardinal all his life. And um, there's a reason that guys like to play here is because they're treated well and they're treated with respect. So there was a value that they felt that was limited with Matt Carpenter. But if you wanted to be the Giants and be Mac- with Matt Carpenter, that wasn't going to happen. You had to use him in certain spots to make it work. So you go out and you find guys that are interchangeable parts potentially. And then maybe you're doing what you're talking about, which is the mixing and the matching. And uh, time will tell. Time that, will tell. That could also have an impact on your defense, too. Sure. I mean, we, we talk a lot about how the defense got better when Mike Schultz took over. That is absolutely correct, and he deserves a ton of credit for it. They also got better defenders. That was defenders. Ollie, too, by the way. Absolutely. But they also got better defenders. Yes. Tommy Edmond becoming an everyday player. Nolan Arenado being a part of the infield defense. Paul Goldschmidt being here. You look I, at hey, the outfield. like hey, hey, I've always said this, and I mean this, and I know I'm not – I'm interrupting please. here, but – I don't care what sport you're talking about. And when the coaches get hammered, you know, in, in hockey or, or baseball or football, I just always go, look, let me tell you something. Most of these guys are really good at what they do. Mike Schilt, Ali Marmol, uh, Tony LaRusse. I don't care who you want to throw out there. Okay. Andy Reid, your guy. Craig Berube. Okay. And when things go south, a lot of it falls on coaches. And they go, ah, this is that and the other. You got to have the horses, yeah. okay? You got to have players. The old so, Boog Shabby quote. They got to get more dudes. Yeah, they got right. them. They found them, and they got better suddenly. It's so weird. Your defense got really good because uh, some guy named Nolan Arnato may be the best third baseman that's ever played the position. He'll and be in the conversation. Jose Martinez and Matt Carpenter playing first. Now yeah. you have a gold glover at first. Okay. Like. And then we got a guy in center that's really good. You got a guy in short that's really good. You're solid at, uh, uh, at, at catcher. You're solid in left and right. Got to have the players. I mean, think about this, Dan. You went from Dexter Fowler and Jose Martinez and Matt Carpenter playing some combination of first, third, and center to what they have currently. Like, yes. yeah, you're going to get a lot better defensively there. So the reason that I bring that up is because if you decide next year to go with some of the platoon splits, well, those are the two obvious ones to go with, yes. with Tommy Edmond and Harrison Bader. And, you can, and Tommy can go to the outfield if you wanted to. You could really use him as the Swiss Army knife. Personally, I don't like that. I'm with you. I love him at second, but I get where you're going. But if you're going to do that, you also very well may get worse defensively. So you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, but is it worth it? Is the payoff worth it right. in terms of what you're getting offensively? And maybe it's Nolan Gorman who's playing against right-handed pitching at sure. second base on any given day. Those are the kinds of things that, like, I'm sure if you're a Cardinals fan today, you're wondering, okay, yeah, he's saying all of this stuff. But what's that really going to impact? What's this going to change when I'm watching the game? And that could be something that it changes. I don't know if it will, but it could be. Agreed. BK, we're on the same page, baby. I like it. Normally, we have very friendly disagreements. (laughs) Friendly. I think well-informed and educated. But I'm on the same page with you. I will say this, Dan. You asked me as well, not just for my opinion, but also it's the reaction that we have seen. I would say... If you're looking for the biggest criticism, it is not with Ali Marmol so much as it is. 
it could have probably been any higher, maybe other than Skip. I think Skip wouldn't have gotten as much of this, but most of the hires that they could have made, you were going to get the criticism of this is just going to be a yes man. Sure. And that is a natural thing. After Especially you when you win three, you get into the playoffs three consecutive years. Absolutely. And when you, you know. hear that there are philosophical differences and this is another first time manager for the third straight time under this administration. I, I get it. I do. It's not the Biden or the Obama or the Trump administration. This is the Cardinals uh, front office. Correct. Okay, got you. Okay. I, should have clarified I don't want to go political here. <laughs> That's one thing I will not do. Um, when you have this type of a history now. I, I get the criticism. That being said, I don't know how you could listen to Ali Marmol yesterday and not think this is a man that has his own philosophies as well. He's yeah. going to listen. He's going to collaborate. But also he, as John Mosellock said, is going to bring his own voice to that position. I wonder what Ali, my first question will be, what do you think of Barbashev uh, and Robert Thomas and Tarasenko? They're flying last night. What I'm do you sure think, he Ali? has some really <laughs> deep thoughts on the matter. By the way, that Blues team. They're really good. They're really good, and they're entertaining, and they're fun. So that was uh, that was fun last night. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Again, Ollie's coming up at uh, 10.30. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. You know, one of the things I want to ask Ali, and I do think uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this happens, um, is managing a superstar at the end of their career. So let's just, and again, I'm going to say this, BK, seeing is believing when Yachty finally steps away, because he was supposed to step away like four years ago, and then it was going to be two or whatever, but um, in the final year of a Hall of Fame player and his final visit into a city, his final homestands his final second half and let's just for argument's sake say that he's healthy the whole time um and 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 also balancing you know keeping him fresh and i i think that's very important i would be by the way i'd be shocked if yadi doesn't come in in remarkable shape for this final uh season because i think he will because he's motivated to to go out i'm sure as a, a have a great year personally but also have the team win but i, I think that is something that uh, can be difficult at times. You know, I remember talking to Tony LaRusso about it. He said the hardest thing to do is to manage a superstar at the end of their career. Now, now not take it up a notch or two, a superstar that is one of the icons of this franchise that has great history. And for many, uh, many fans, like uh, if you're 25 or younger, this is probably the only guy you ever really. Yeah, my rem- age, Tanner's age. Yeah, remember playing, you know, catcher. Um, so he's an iconic figure in this franchise's history, but managing that, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, taking pictures out when you do, you know, because the analytics may say to do this, but especially Wayno. Now I think Wayno is a different case. We talked, we talked a lot about that this year, but others, no, not so much. Um, I, I just think I find that kind of stuff fascinating. And those are the tough conversations that you have to have with players. But I will say this. Um, if you're honest with your players, and I don't care what sport you're talking about, the player may not like it, and they may argue with you, and it may get heated. But if you're honest, honesty is really the the best policy in dealing with players. Just be upfront, be honest with them, and I think he's the kind of guy Ali is that will do that. Yeah, and I we, there's a quote from him yesterday on how he's going to lead the veterans that are similar to, for example, Wayno and Yachty. 
And here's what he had to say about how difficult that could be and why he doesn't view that as a big challenge for him. The way I look at that, I've never thought of my my age as something that has an impact one way or negative. I think when when it comes down to leadership and just overall having the respect of that clubhouse, a, a couple things come to mind. Um, and, and for me, that's if the player knows that you care, if the player knows that you're prepared and you have your thoughts organized when you approach them and you can make them better, they listen to you. Um, and on the other hand, if if you're not prepared, if they know you don't care and they're, you're more worried about yourself and them um, and you can't get them better, they don't listen to you. It's spot on. I mean, if you're invested in the player, the player appreciates that. Um, I, I'll give you a good example. Now, Dexter Fowler, it was up and down this uh, the, his time in St. Louis. But I know that he felt under Mike Schilt that Mike Schilt was invested in him and trying to get him back on track. Remember, he had that awful year. And then he had an awful spring going into the next year. And Mike Schilt just said, hey, man, we we're, we believe in you, but we're seeing some things. Okay. And he was honest with him. He said, if you can't get it going, we're going to have to sit you at times because we're going to need to get production out of that particular spot. And I remember, I think I was playing golf with Dexter, and he said, I, I appreciated that. He said, I understood I wasn't playing well. He said, believe me, I'm trying my rear end off to to get it going. And they picked up on some things, and he actually had a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. And he said, but when he showed that he was invested in me and they were going to give me a shot and they saw things that I needed to do to, to get back to where I was, he said it, it allowed me just to relax a little bit. He said, now, I'm not an idiot. I know that if I don't perform, they're going to have to go in a different direction. But he goes, he was honest with me. And he talked about Ollie, too. Ollie, you know, the bench coach has those conversations sometimes that can be between the manager, the, the conduit between the player and the manager. And they, they get the earful of a lot of players because they know that the manager will get the earful from them. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think that would be a good example of what Ollie's talking about and being honest and being upfront um, with players. I'll say this too. Ollie is very, and it didn't get really brought up all that much by Mo or, or uh, others. You know, Ollie essentially ran spring training, very detail oriented guy. So you're talking about cleanup, base running, and the defense. A lot of that was on Mike Schilt for sure, and a lot of it was on Ollie. Both of those guys in conjunction together did that. So I would expect that that continues. That trend would continue to be that way. And that's so important. That's so important for this team because while we all want to see them pitch better and uh, hit better, the defense and the base running, you've got to also keep that foundation for where they were. And Mike Claiborne was on with Carriker and Smallman earlier today. I love this quote from him. He said, if you thought Mike Schilt was a stickler for detail, you should see Ali Marmol before the game. He's not going to be outthought or outprepared. He's going to be as prepared as any manager we've seen here in St. Louis. And I think that's such an important part of this, the preparedness. If you are a player and your manager comes in every day and they are as prepared, if not more so than you are, that's going to go a long way because if you're not, they can see right through that stuff, man. We've heard a million different stories over the years of coaches, um, of managers, whomever, not necessarily here in St. Louis, but around all of baseball and other sports as well. They come in, they're unprepared and their quarterback or their star players like this guy. I, I've, I'm more prepared for this practice right. than he is. That's and right. That can't happen. And you it doesn't like Urban sound Myers, like that'll happen. You mean like Urban Myers staying in uh, Ohio? Exactly. Oh, exactly. When you hadn't won a game? 
And he's not in the film room looking it's not at what you're you. looking for. Okay, I, I got you. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen to Ollie Marmol. Let's I, put it that way. Matter of fact, I know it's not going to happen. Uh, all right, so Ollie Marmol is coming up, and uh, we're going to visit with him in about uh, four or five minutes. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. First manager in Cardinals history, Ali Marmol, and uh, I'm Dan McLaughlin. That's Brandon Kiley here on 101 ESPN here in St. Louis. And Ali has been kind enough to join us in what has been, I'm sure, a whirlwind a couple of weeks for he and his young family. And uh, Ali, I got a bone to pick with you first. Uh, by the way, congratulations. This is Dan. Good to, good to hear your voice. Um, by the way, you know, I sent you a couple of texts uh, even before you named the manager and got nothing back from you. And it's crazy. I have this new phone that actually takes texts from other people. So if you feel like you need to, you know, text, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead and text me back. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm glad we're attacking that first. I, I <laughs> <laughs> really getting to the hard-hitting stuff early, Ollie. I knew it was coming, so I checked the thread before before you guys called me, and there was one that I didn't respond to, and I, I apologize. That's no problem. You you've been through a whirlwind. Um, congratulations, as you know, um, Ali. I, I love Mike Shield. I thought Mike did a great job here, and you guys are very very close. So, uh, what what has this been like replacing Mike and just you know. Just that situation, because uh, it can't be easy, I'm sure, I'm sure on certain levels, where you're excited to get the job, but yet you're replacing one of your great friends. Oh, Dan, I mean, you nailed it. It's exactly that. It was um, a ton of mixed emotions. Um, obviously, this is not the way you envision uh, filling the seat. Um, but but I've been able to have, I mean, I've talked to Shilti almost every day um, for the last week, and we've been able to have some really, really good conversations as far as... Uh, what this looks like and um he was extremely supportive of uh i mean i'll tell you the, the day it happened he called and he said listen if, if this gets offered to you you need to take it and you're prepared for it and um i'm excited for you and that's just the type of person he is he's uh he's been great uh but definitely mixed emotions um to your point she did a great job um and i'm looking forward to building on the success that he's had and this organization has had and moving this thing forward um but uh, I'm I'm excited, Dan. I'm excited. Absolutely. Ollie, I don't know if you've had the time yet to be able to really reflect on, you know, where you came from to where you are right now as the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. But if you have, uh, what are some of your maybe fondest or worst memories of coaching down in the minors? Because I, I don't know how much of our audience knows, but it's not exactly the most glamorous job sometimes to be down in the lower levels of the minors. What was that experience like? And could you have foreseen less than a decade later, you'd be the manager of the big league club? <laughs> it's uh it's definitely not glamorous right it's uh it's far from that but i'll tell you what uh our system was built in a way where yes we're, we're good at developing players but there's a there's a real system for developing staff as well and i'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to do it with this organization because there's some really good people that are intentional about how they go about their days and how they communicate with staff and and there's a lot of tough conversations down there on how to do it right but how to 
do it in a way where um, at the end of the day, it gives the organization the best chance to win. So I, I was I was fortunate. Um, so glamorous, no, but really <laughs> fortunate to have some good people down there to teach me what it looks like to, to manage up and down and, and keep a clubhouse and how to interact with players and, and gain their respect. And um, so, so I'm grateful for that. Um, I, I have not had time to your point to, to reflect. Um, and, and hopefully I'll have the opportunity to do that here within the next couple of days. But uh, the one thing I can say is I'm excited for this opportunity, but I'm also extremely grateful for coming up through our system for the years that I did. Uh, Cause there's a lot of learning that takes place down there um, a ton and uh, you can get up here without those learning experiences, and, it, and it'll show quickly, and it'll get sniffed out. So I'm glad I was able to go through what I did in our minor league system for sure. Ali, you're an inspiration for a lot of people um, and certainly from your community. So can you give our fans and our listeners an idea of where you're from and just the road that you've taken, um, you and your family? you got a young family, beautiful family, That uh, where you came from, uh, you're bilingual, what this means to your community and uh, and just a little background for fans that don't know. Absolutely. I come from a Dominican background. Both of my parents, all my brothers born in the Dominican Republic. I was the only one here born in the States, actually New Jersey. And we moved soon after and uh, spent a, a lot of time in Miami in my early childhood and uh, several years in Dominican Republic once Hurricane Andrew hit Miami in 92. And uh, man, it was, um, I'll tell you what, it, it's, it's crazy to sit in this seat, um, this leadership position for such a historic franchise um, with, with some of the backstories that come with it. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, we soon moved to Orlando for, for better opportunity and um, then went to the College of Charleston um, and drafted in 07 by the Cardinals. And it's been a, it's been a crazy ride, I'll tell you. I've been married. Uh, I got married, I think, at 21. Um, so Amber and I have been together for quite some time. And the best rides, I'll tell you, Dan, were uh, incredible because uh, we would go from hotel to hotel and she would just drive her little Corolla behind the bus and meet me in the next city. And it was, uh, to your point earlier, Brandon, not glamorous. Um, but it, it's just part of, part of it, um, the dedication and just sacrifice that it takes to one day be able to do this. Um, so we've done it together now for 14 years and, um, we're looking forward to what's ahead, but, uh, yes, uh, Dan, it's, um, it, it's meaningful to the communities that I come from, not only, uh, in Miami and Orlando, but, uh, the Medicare public, a lot of support has been received over the last 24 hours from, from the DR. Um, so we're excited to just, um, be able to continue to have a, a platform that we can have impact on, on those we know and those we don't. Absolutely. And for people that don't know, and I know BK has got the, the next question here, but, uh, you have done a lot a lot in the communities and uh, that, that people don't see. So that's I, I love your work and what you've done with so many people through baseball and through uh, your platform, and you're to be commended for that. And, and, and that's actually what BK. I wanted to ask yeah. you about, Ollie. Um, I, yeah. In reading a little bit about your background, it, it's, it's fascinating to read about some of the things that you've done to give back to other communities, uh, especially the, the, or, uh, the missions that you've done to orphanages in Guatemala and Nicaragua. Uh, what what is it about giving back that is so important to you, Ollie? And is that something that you're going to continue as the manager of the Cardinals? Gosh, absolutely, man. I mean, to answer a couple of your questions, uh, this 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 gig gives you an opportunity. It's about winning and it's about impact. And I'm looking forward to doing both. Um, it gives you an opportunity to really help a lot of people and even. Um, 
coming up through the system in the minor leagues. My wife and I were able to take several trips to Guatemala and Nicaragua and bring baseball to certain communities there, um, but also uh, clean water and food and education. And um, that's meaningful to me because of kind of how I grew up. I remember 92 when the hurricane hit and, and my family and I, I have three older brothers just standing in line um, for food uh, during a time where our house was completely blown out and just seeing the people giving their time and energy and they didn't need to, they were volunteering. Um, but I'll, I remember as a five-year-old, six-year-old sitting there in line and just seeing these people volunteering and giving their time and energy for me to have something to eat. And I was like, man, that's impactful. Uh, so to be on the other side of that, where you can actually have an influence and impact on, on underserved communities and people in need is, uh, I mean, at the at the heart of everything Amber and I do, um, it's extremely important to us. Um, this is an opportunity to do that on a on a bigger level, and we're looking forward to that challenge. Ali Marmoli is our guest, the newest Cardinals manager, and hopefully for a long, long time. Um, Ali, I remember talking to Tony Larusa, and I said, "What what do you think the toughest thing you have to do as a manager?" And he said, "Managing." A superstar at the end. Um, you're, you're, so I think you probably know where I'm going with this. Uh, so you got Yachty at the the final year of of his career. Um, how do you how do you balance that in terms of playing time? In terms of making sure the final time you go to Cincinnati, he gets a plate appearance or a start, or what happens at home, knowing that a lot of people are buying tickets because. They want to see number four play. I'm sure you've given that a lot of thought, and I'm curious what uh, what you think going into his final year. It's a great question, um, and one that we'll continue to collaborate on with with both Yachty and some of the veteran guys on the on the team, but specifically him, because Yachty still has goals that he's wanting to reach, and and certain things that records that he's wanting to break, and. Um, I want to be able to continue to push him to make sure that he accomplishes all of that. And at the end of the day, when you talk about his final year, and um, man, I'd be damned if it doesn't end with the World Series. That's just that has to be part of his story, and we're going to work really hard towards that. But when it comes to balancing his playing time and certain things with stadiums, like you just mentioned, we'll be collaborative in that and make sure that we're on the same page. And um, and that's something that I'm looking forward to for sure. Ollie, Dan mentioned what other managers in the past have said is the most difficult part of managing. What would you say is the most difficult part of managing in 2021? Man, um, I, I don't, I don't see one particular thing being, being the most difficult thing. I think there's, there's different challenges that come your way. I think, uh, Dan's question was probably one of them is just making sure that your veteran guys are getting what they need in order to, continue to compete for 162 and that comes with bouncing their days off and what that looks like and um but i I don't see one specific thing being man this is the hardest thing as far as managing 2021 there's different challenges that come up throughout the course of the year and we'll find solutions to them but um i can't think of one specific thing that just pings at me uh ran I'm curious, Ali, how do you balance analytics with the human element and trying to put it in that mixer and come up with the right solution where the guy next to you might be thinking, your bench coach, and I'm sure you did this with Mike Schilt, you said, hey, no, you need to be doing this. And he's saying, no, I want to do this. Oh, the analytics say to do this. Oh, but I talked to the reliever and he's got a sore arm. I mean, how do you mix all that stuff in and come up with a solution for any kind of issues that you may have? That's the beauty of the sport, isn't it? Um, it really is. It's, 
It, it really is. I mean, it's a it's a topic that I think sometimes gets a little bit skewed, like oh, old school versus new school and analytics. It, it, for me, it's it's a perfect balance. When you say analytics, all I'm hearing is, is information, like taking in all the information, figuring out what's actionable, what, what what's actually going to move the needle once we're on the field, um, and making sure that th- there's times, Dan, and, and you've seen enough games where you make the right decision, you you put the people in place to, to have success and it doesn't work out. And there's times where you make a bad decision and your players just overcome your bad decision and it works out. Right. So like for me, some of the analytics is also post game is figuring out what decisions were made that went well, what decisions were made that didn't go well. Um, and then figuring out what's sustainable over 162 two games when it comes to those decisions. Um, so it's not just, pre-game, but also post-game in figuring out that feedback loop to make sure that we are making right decisions. Um, it's a it's a balance, and I think the, the teams that are doing it the best have a, a really good blend of it. So um, that's what we'll have. The human element of this is absolutely real and will never go away. Your, your feel for the game, for the players, for the overall mentality of that player that specific day, you have to take all of that into account. Um so I think blending the two is is uh, is the sweet spot. We're talking with Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol here on 101 ESPN. Ali, I did want to ask you something you mentioned yesterday was about optimizing the lineup. And when we've had conversations in the past with Michael Gersh, he's talked about how, you know, it, it's not necessarily about the number that's next to their names because there's there's not a huge difference in terms of a guy hitting first versus third and the overall results over the course of the season. But there could be some difference in terms of the platoons, the splits that you see, the matchup based lineups that we see around baseball nowadays. We haven't seen a ton of that from the Cardinals in recent years. I am curious for you. If there's a guy, for example, that ends up, he was previously a full-time player, and you have to have the conversation with him about, hey, now, based on some of the numbers that we're seeing, it might make more sense for you and for the team to have you be more of a platoon type of player. Are are those conversations that you embrace, and how difficult is that to make those kinds of decisions for players that maybe you do see as still successful and important pieces of your team? Brent, I mean, to me, that is the job, right? It's... You're, you're constantly figuring out the best way and, and intentional ways to have those conversations and they're tough conversations. But at the end of the day, that is the job is to create a culture where the player understands that you do have their best interests at heart, but you also have a responsibility to the team. And um, there will be conversations that take place where there will be some platooning and there will be some things that sometimes you're hitting first, sometimes you're hitting eighth, whatever the case may be, but it, it's going to be in the spirit of all of it is this is what's best for us to be able to get a W today. Um, but that's not created by just spontaneously saying, Hey, you're going to go ahead and hit first today without like, you have to be very intentional with these players, especially today with what their roles are, what that looks like, how they're going to be used, when they're going to be used, why they're going to be used that way. And the more intentionally you can be in upfront with them and them understanding that I think you create a culture where it's acceptable. Um, we haven't seen it here in St. Louis as much as, when we play, call it San Francisco or some of these other teams. Um, but I think that's, that's a culture thing. That's something you create and you have intentional conversations with the players and let, let, let them understand that at the end of the day, this actually does help them with where they want to end up at the end of the year when it comes to their numbers. But ultimately, it helps the team and make sure that we are all pulling in the same direction 
towards the World Series. Ali, uh, when do you anticipate uh, filling out your staff? And you know these guys very, very well. Um, but you know what? you got to fill your position. So at, at what point do you think that may be done? Yeah, great question. We're, we're excited about our staff, and we're excited about them returning. That, that, that's that's what I'll say. I had a really good conversation with Mo this morning, and we're starting to kind of um, put that to work over the next several days. Um, but uh, I, I I really enjoyed the staff we had last year. Everybody did a great job from base running the defense and pitching. I mean, I'm excited about what's possible for that group moving forward um, and anticipate them coming back. Go ahead, BK. I, I know you're not going to tell us about specific candidates, and I wouldn't ask you about them right now, yeah. but what are some of the qualities that you would look for in whoever is going to fill your old spot as your new bench coach? Uh, trust is number one. I think when we talk about that bench coach position, it's you have a three-hour conversation every night, and there's a lot of disagreeing, there's a lot of agreeing, but you have to be able to trust that person and know that um, at the end of the day, regardless of – how much we disagree on a certain decision that we're still pulling in the same direction. So trust is at the top of that list. Having some street cred with, with that clubhouse is going to be important as well. Someone that um, the players can relate with and, and have some experience uh, of, of playing. And I, I think that's going to be important for that clubhouse. Um, and those are the top qualities right now. But um, yeah, there's some internal candidates and there's some guys on the outside that we'll, we'll look at. I'm excited about um, all of our options at the moment. And that's something that we'll provide more clarity to here in the next week. I always find it interesting when you're the bench coach, Ali, as you well know, a lot of times you get the earful from the player who wants to say it to the manager, but will say it to you. And you've got a great relationship with your players. And then you've got to have a good relationship uh, with the manager. But the bottom line is, and I've always felt this way and correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a player and that manager has a difficult conversation and decision to maybe not play a guy or pull a guy or whatever the case may be, as long as you're honest, if the player feels that you're being honest, he can live with it. He may not like it, but he can live with it. Would you agree with that? You nailed it. Um, that's 100% correct. It, it's being able, you, you, you have to be able to have a relationship with the player where you can tell them the things they don't want to hear and they still respect you for it. Because um, that's constant, right? Over 162 games, it happens often. And you have to be able to tell that player the, the truth and not beat around the bush. Hey, here's why this is happening. And they may not like it in the moment, but you do it in a way and you've created enough equity in that relationship where you can you can have that. And at the end of the day, they may not like it, but they still respect you and they respect the decision. Um, if done well, that's the case. Um, so I, I completely agree that having those honest conversations um, and just being truthful with them is the play. Ollie, in uh, John Mosellock's press conference, he mentioned how his philosophy is always evolving. And I would say that's probably the case for all of us watching baseball, right? Growing up for me, batting average and RBIs were like the stats that you would look at. And now they're one of the last stats that a lot of baseball people would look at. For you, what's the biggest philosophy, maybe from where you were when you were a player even, to where you are today that has evolved over the years? I mean, yeah, the, the use of 
what you just mentioned, analytics, um, is going to be the thing that's evolved the most over the last five, ten years. And, and that's why yesterday I mentioned um, one of the emphasis will be the integration of departments. Is just making sure that we are using all of our resources and that there's a seat at the table for these departments to, to voice their opinions. And for us to be able to take all of that as the field staff and um, condense it to what's actionable and then apply it to the game, whether that's to the player um, during practice or decision making and strategy, um, but that's going to be when we talk about evolve. That's 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 what comes to mind to me is just the integration of departments and just modernizing certain strategies and decision making tools. Hey Ali, I, I got a really big concern. Are you are you ready for it? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna pull back the curtain here a little bit, Ali. Uh, I, I don't think the man ever sleeps because he watches the replays on Bally Sports, which air at like oh, 1 or 2 God. in the morning. And so next year when I'm up there and I go, what in the hell is Marmol doing here in the 5th? <laughs> and Ollie's going to be watching this, and then i got to come face you to you know the next day. I, I, that's my concern right now, Ollie. That's my major no, concern. That, that's not your concern. That's your job. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the reality. I mean... The reality is there's there's a certain accountability that comes with this gig, and it's, <laughs> that, that's just what it is. There's decisions that are made, and if we're being honest, the next morning I wake up and go, I wish I would have done that a little different. Um, that that happens over 162 games, so the accountability I'm not I'm not concerned with. Uh, do your job. Um, and uh, I'll I love it. Don't no worries there at all. <laughs> I think I think we'll be just fine. Don't worry about that. And I'm not worried either. Final question that I've got for you, Ollie. And thanks so much for your time today. Yes. You've been incredibly generous. Um, what what is something that, as a manager, as a coach, has interested you with the way that the game has been played in the postseason thus far? We got Game One of the World Series tonight. People can hear that right here on 101 ESPN. But what's something throughout the postseason that has interested you as a coach or a manager? Man, that's a great question. It's always interesting to see um, some of the strategies behind the opener and, and how the bullpens are used, and, and everything's just amplified. So it's always interesting to see um, if teams um, overdo what they do during the year. Do they stick to the same strategy? Um, that, that, that's always a, a part that I'm looking at, um, just seeing how – I mean – when everything's heightened, I also love seeing just how players react to it, um, how staffs react to it. Do they do they run less when they were a team that was comfortable running? When I don't want to say it wasn't meaningful, but when the pressure's not on and all the eyeballs are on them in the playoffs, so it's just interesting to see if teams stick to what gave them success, or they try to overdo it and, and do more than than they did in the in the regular season. Um, but I've been able to watch a couple games. Um, it's been a busy week for sure, but I've been able to still catch a, a game or two, and uh, um, it's been exciting for sure. Hey, Ali, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, you know, I think the world of you and your family, I do appreciate Amber passing along my text that tell Ali to, re, you know, actually respond to my text to him. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm really happy for you and your family. It's a great story, and you're going to do great things here in St. Louis. And uh, God bless you, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. No, I appreciate you guys, Dan. Thank you for the call, Brandon. Good talking to you. Absolutely. If you guys ever need anything, let me know. You got it. That is uh, Ali Marmol, the newest manager, the 51st manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. And um, like I said in the beginning of our show, I, I've known Ali for now a long time and just a class individual, class family, and will represent this organization well. And, again, it comes down to players, and they're going to be good next year. 
And what they do in the offseason is going to make them better, I would assume. But even as currently constructed as we saw in the final couple of months, this is a good team that he's inheriting. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of similarities to what Mike Schilt did. But uh, as he mentioned to you, though, he said, hey, he, and he mentioned the Giants, like we were talking yep. about earlier. You know, it, that comes down to the personnel that you have. And he's going to do things his way. It's going to be a little bit different, but there's going to be some similarities. But bottom line is, they're probably going to win, and they're going to be very good and very competitive, and it should be a fun season for baseball. You got to have the players. You got to have the manager that puts those players in the best place to succeed. And after that conversation with Ollie and hearing him yesterday, and Dan, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I'm, I'm like many of the listeners that we have right now. This is my first real exposure to Ollie Marmol as a as a baseball individual in terms of like speaking back and forth, what the philosophies are, what he views as his role. He's super impressive. And yeah. again, I want to make this very clear. It's just an interview. And when the when the bullets start flying, things change. Sure. And decisions have to be made. And there's going to be some things that we disagree with that, just like he said, maybe there's some things that he wants back. But I don't know how you can listen to these interviews that he's done so far and not come away a impressed and B thinking that dude's incredibly likable. Yeah. Like I don't have that quality. Ali Marmol has that quality of being an incredibly likable individual. No, he, he does. And uh class guy. And we'll see it on display starting. Uh, well, starting now. I mean, you're as you know, when you're the manager, you're in a way the face of the franchise in this day and age of baseball because of the media. I mean, there's so much media that you have to do before, after games, the dinners, the, public speaking. Um, yeah, I'll give you an example. I mean, the season ticket holder events that we do, Mo is there or it's or it's Ollie. And they open it up to the floor and you can ask anything you want. I mean, all those kind of things have to be done. And that's part of being the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. So that was fun. Great visit with Ollie. And uh, you've got three hours coming up. I'm sure you'll talk about Ollie and the managerial stuff and World Series game one. And uh, probably the main one, well, the Blues last yeah. night winning, and they're now 5-0, and first time to start in franchise history going 5-0. and That's where we're going to start things off today is with the Blues. They're winning in every way possible. The first four games of the year, it was like, wow, they, they can't stop scoring goals. And then last night for two periods, it was like, wow, they can't score a goal. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting to see when a team, when you know you've got a really good team is when you can win in multiple different ways. And we've now seen that. Ville Husso last night getting the start and a shutout. The team playing defense at... This is a very, very good hockey team, and we'll open things up with why it is officially time to jump on board if you had any reservations previously. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.